1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to start off with a couple of verses of reminder from Matthew chapter 6. Thank you for joining us live. Be sure to click share so we can get the message out to as many people as possible. In Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In verse 33, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We live in a day and a generation where people are seeking things. And one of the things people are seeking, we're going to deal with this after the Holy Week revival on Sunday mornings. One of the things people are seeking is the approval of the world. It is all a snipe hunt. It all leads nowhere. The only thing that matters is the approval of God. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Many, many, many years ago, two homes back, I guess it was, Lester Summerall was rapping on me about money in the living room after he spoke for us on a Sunday night up at I-30. And he taught me, that if a man's not right with his money, that man's not right. And he taught me that if you don't have a man's money, you don't have that man's heart. I never cease to be amazed at how people handle money. No one knows what I'm talking about, but I remember an event where this was years ago, and I was golfing with some guys, and we went to lunch afterward, and... Uh, I was surprised, I was surprised that the man that I was with didn't even buy lunch for his son. I was surprised by that. I mean, you know, God forbid he'd buy my lunch, but uh, I was amazed by that. He didn't even buy lunch for his son. And then when the change was put on the counter, man, he gathered it all up. It's interesting to watch people handle money, how people handle money. And Jesus knew that this goes to the heart of a man. In the first covenant of the Bible, God said to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Say it out loud. God says, I will bless you 
and I will make you a blessing. People are just too tight. You know, I had a, a car wash guy actually tell me once, he said, now look, Doc, he said, some of these cars you pull out aren't even dirty. He said, you don't have to worry about, you know, taking care of me. I said, you do what you do, and I'll do what I do. Amen. Amen. So if somebody's going to come and do something for me, I want to incentivize them to come back because I don't want to be doing that myself. Amen. Amen. You know, Sue's forever taking people that come to work at the house, uh, Coca-Cola or something. You know, if they don't want a Coca-Cola, how about some iced tea? We want to incentivize people to come back and and do stuff we don't want to do. Amen. I don't want to do any of that. Amen. Amen. And uh, to be a blessing, find a way to be a blessing. Not, not look for ways to ding people. Amen. And somebody might say, you might say, well, I'm just starting out in life and I don't have that much. Where you are, find a way to be a blessing where you are at your level. Amen. See, Christians today want to get blessed and not be a blessing. Well, it just doesn't work that way. The purpose of prosperity is so that we can be a blessing. Too many people, too many of God's people have the idea that prosperity is like a reservoir. It's not. It's a mighty river. And what I've seen is what Sir John Templeton wrote in the New York Times many, 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 many years ago because they never print this now. But he said the more we give away, the more we have left. And what I've seen is that prosperity for the child of God is not being a reservoir. Prosperity for the child of God is being a river. Now, that does not mean we just give everything we have to everybody. And I think that we have wasted money over the years, sometimes giving to things that the Lord didn't tell us to do. But when the Lord says to do something or to be a blessing, well, you do it and you be a blessing. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, this message is not just about money, but money is a part of it. Let's go to Matthew 25 and look at the parable of the talents, one of the most important parables in the Word of God. Matthew 25, 14, again, it. He's talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, again, it. Now, you realize, I hope you realize how blessed you are. You know, we live in a generation of nonstop complaining. It just literally nauseates me. A person on welfare in the United States of America is more blessed than most people in most countries of the world. But all anybody can do is complain about anything. Complain about everything. But you do realize that however many years you spend in this system of the world is nothing compared to the amount of time you're going to spend in the system of God. There are rules and laws that work right here, right now. And they work in the natural, but there are rules and laws that work here and now, and they work in the spirit realm. And we're going to have to deal with that realm. I don't know. When you you have been dealing with that realm a million years, you will have just gotten started. So he says, again, it, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey 
who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. If you can get one thing, I, I, I don't know how many times I, I've heard John Osteen say this in messages in my car. If you can just get one thing into your heart, it'll solve a lot of your problems. And that is, it all came from God. It all belongs to God, and it all came to God. This is the attitude King David had when he gave, I don't know how many billions in modern dollars toward the building of the temple of God in Jerusalem. He said, Father, we, have we are only giving you back what came from your hand in the first place. So Jesus said, again, it, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his, the master's property to them. It all came from God. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his master's and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more, but the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, <clears throat> and hid his master's money. Now remember, everything we have came from the Lord. That's what the parable is about. And he hid his master's money, his master's money. After a long time, everybody say a long time. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. This is what nobody's expecting. And settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness the man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And it's always been fascinating to me that the guy who gained two talents got the exact same commendation as the guy who gained five talents. But if you do the math, they both yielded 100 percent return not a hundredfold a hundred percent in other words the, the guy with five talents produced five more the guy with two talents produced two more now whether we're whether we're talking about money or get whatever gifts or talents or abilities we're talking about I'm going to get ahead of myself. You have the ability to change your ability level. You can do that by study. You can do that by meditation. You can do that by taking action. You have the ability to change your ability level. Amen. January 1, 1984, we loaded up a used Eldorado with uh, some nursery toys that we had bought for the rental rooms at the Ramada Inn up in North Arlington that we had rented for the nursery. We had rented one-third of the ballroom. We rented a couple of nursery rooms for the little children. So we, lo we loaded up that used Eldorado with some nursery toys that we had purchased. And I had a 12-string Martin guitar in those days, and I, and I had a Bible. 
And all we had, besides a little money and some retirement accounts, we had $20,000 after the tithe on the profit of our first house. See, those were my talents. That's what I had. Now, I was not gifted musically. I was never gifted musically, but I learned how to play some chords. I learned how to lead songs. I'm not gifted musically. I'm not gifted vocally, but how good do you have to be to lead songs with a guitar? And so... I did that, and, and that's actually what was a blessing in Kenya because once the head dog missionary found out that I could lead songs with a guitar, well, he had me lead songs at every missionary gathering for the time we were there. So he took a liking to me because I was a blessing. And you see that? In other words, the point is not to covet what your neighbor's got. The point is not to lament what you don't have. The point is for you to identify the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has put into your hands and or ones that you could develop yourself and develop them and employ them and use them for the kingdom of God because we are right now living in a window. And the master has entrusted some things to us. He has entrusted some talents to us and he has gone as it seems on a long journey. And it seems his return is delayed. But he is coming, and we know exactly when he's coming. He's coming when no one expects him, which is probably, you know, March 27, 2022. Because, I mean, you look around the church world, ain't nobody expecting the Lord. Amen. Let alone the secular world. Amen. Now think about it. I often do. I often meditate on this. I often do. I often meditate on this. I think it's in the Holy Week Revival. And maybe my mind's moving ahead a couple of weeks. But we pull up over there at a, I think it was a 1980 El Dorado, old used El Dorado. And we had some toys in the trunk for the nursery. And we had a, a guitar and I had a Bible. And we had the profit after the tithe from the sale of our first house and we began, and we began, Amen. and we began, Amen. and we began. Amen. And look at all this. It's amazing. Now, I realize that I'm not... Now, if, if you said what I'm about to say, I would consider it cruel, but I'm saying it so it's not cruel. I realize I'm not that gifted a speaker. I do. I can't play the piano. I can't mesmerize you. When I, when I heard uh, the band warming up this morning, I knew without looking it was Chad Smith. I knew it wasn't me. Do you understand? We all have talents, gifts, and abilities. But what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of times people's gifts, talents, and abilities are not something that just came down from heaven. It's something somebody worked like heck to get. And you might be here this morning and, and you have a little dab of talent in this area or that area, but what have you done? Are you wasting your life or are you exercising your abilities, gifts, talents on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords 
to make something out of it, to do something with what God has put in your hand. I just don't believe in staying still. I just don't believe in staying where I am. I just don't believe in uh, status quo. Amen. So the guy that had produced two talents got the exact same commendation as the guy who had produced five talents. Verse 24, then the man who had received the one talent came, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. So isn't it interesting that the guy that produced nothing is also the critic? Tell your neighbor, it's the guy who produces nothing who is the biggest, biggest critic. Now, we could never do this because we would never betray confidences, but we could, we could line up. We could have everybody this morning that uh, get, will give Faith Christian Center over $100,000 this year. We could put them in a room, and we could ask them, what do you think of Pastor Gene? Man, he's great. Man, man, we love him. Man, he's great. And then we could put everybody that's going to give $5 or less in a room, and what do you think of Pastor Gene? Well, you know, this and that and the other. See, it's the guy who produces the least that is the biggest critic. And so the one talent man said to the master, Master, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So criticism, criticism, criticism. So I was afraid, and there's a lot to that, I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. And he acknowledges it's your talent. It's the talent of the master. I was afraid, so I went and I hid your talent in the ground. And his master replied, nice, sweet, loving, Jesus replied, you wicked, lazy servant. See, the, the way things are is not the way they're portrayed by the world. There's some harsh language coming up at the white throne judgment. I am hoping to avoid harsh language at the judgment seat of Christ myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in this world, everybody's goal seems to be don't ever offend anybody. But we could bring Jesus from the years 32 and we could put him in the big mega churches around the world and he would empty them. He said, you wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with at least some interest. Even if you couldn't double it, how about just a little interest? Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. This is exactly diametrically opposite of what the world out here is preaching. I mean, this right here would give Bernie Sanders an aneurysm. Take the talent from him and get, not give it to the one that has four. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more. 
and he will have an abundance. Say it out loud. Everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. And then he says, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now, if you understand this right here, you can understand what's been going on with the budget of the United States of America since the mid-60s. Because if it is a law from the Word of God that whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him, if that is a law from the Word of God, which it is, and you take $20 trillion over 60 years to put into the hands of those who do not have, what's going to happen to the $20 trillion? It's going to disappear because it's a law. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the return of the master is delayed and some servants wrongly think he will never return. But he will. And he is coming back sooner than we think. How, do, how, do I, how can I say that? Well, we know one thing. We know one thing. I'll tell you one thing we know. We know one thing. Paul expected him in his day and the coming of Christ is 2,000 years sooner than it was when Paul expected him. We know that. I said, we know that. And he's coming like I said, at an hour when no one expects him, which seems to me to fit in right about here. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples about his return, which will be unexpected, and he is telling them what the kingdom of God is like. Not the world out here, the kingdom of God. And he is warning them, and he's warning them to produce. He's warning them, and he's warning them to produce. He is saying to them, give me a return on my investment. Otherwise, there will be consequences. The parables give us a picture of what the kingdom of God is like and how it operates. The kingdom of God operates actually in many ways the opposite of the world. Don't assume our heavenly father is like your earthly father and don't assume the kingdom operates the way the world does. Our Heavenly Father rewards good stewardship and He expects a return on His investment in us. He has made an investment in us. You may not see it, but He has made an investment in us. He sent His only begotten Son to die so that you might be saved, so that you might be born again. And then what other investments has He made in you? Jesus told His disciples the parable of the talents and it's from this parable that we get the idea or concept of the talent as a gift, a resource, or ability that God entrusts to us. At a minimum, a talent equaled in those days 100 days wages, a third of a year's pay. So at a minimum, five talents equaled a year and a half of wages in advance. Two talents would have equaled a half a year's wages in advance, and one talent equaled three months of wages in advance at a minimum. But it's possible that Jesus was referring to talents as a talent of gold, which would have been 130 pounds of gold. In that case, five talents would be worth more than $19 million today. Two talents would be worth more than $7.5 million today. And one talent would equal more than $3.8 million today. So we can imagine that what we're really talking about is God Entru what God entrusts to us over the entirety of our lifetime. 
whether I live 70 years or 80 years or 90 years over the course of my lifetime, how much money in total will God entrust into my hands? I am responsible for that. Over the course of my lifetime, how many gifts, talents, and abilities, resources, and opportunities will God bless me with? And here is the reality, whatever it is, no matter how small or how big, God expects a return on his investment. So don't waste your life. One of the biggest investments he has made in our lives is the word that we have heard and the servants of God that we have crossed paths with. He told me a few years ago, he said, you're irreplaceable. I said, why is that? He said, because there's nobody else alive that knew everyone from Finest Jennings Dick to John Osteen. There's nobody left. But I'm responsible for the good seeds that all of those great fathers sowed into my life and into my heart. I got to do something with it. I said, I got to do something with it. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's an ability that God sowed into my life. And he doesn't expect me to go hide it. He doesn't expect me to bury it. He, he expects me to do something with it. Over the course of my lifetime, how many gifts, talents, abilities, resources, and opportunities has God blessed me with? So your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your life is not your own. God gave each of us the breath of life. God formed us and shaped us in our mother's wombs. He created each of us with a good plan, a good purpose, and a good destiny for our lives. Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Jesus gave his life so that we could be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and live our lives as sons and daughters of God. What are we doing with our lives? On top of all of that, God has given each of us gifts, talents, and, and abilities individually. If you have any talents, any gifts, or abilities, no matter how great or how insignificant, you do not have those gifts, talents, or abilities because of how great you are or how special you are. You know, one thing we don't see in 2022 is humility. I don't see people giving God the credit, the glory, and the honor like they should. I see people acting like arrogant, you know what? I could stand here and name names, you know, during the last two years, you know, of, uh, of COVID hysterics. And everything everybody said is proven to be false. It didn't work. But when they stood and said six feet or when they stood and said a mask, two masks, whatever, they, they said it like they were God Almighty and they had all the authority of the universe behind them, but it didn't work. I don't, I, and I've still not heard anybody say, oops, you know, we, we were just spitballing. I mean, they act like God Almighty. I don't see any, I don't see any humility. Nobody's apologized for 15 days to slow the spread. No humility anywhere. And I, I certainly don't see anybody giving God the credit, the glory, and the honor. How many examples do you need? 
What if Elvis had dedicated his gift to God? How much longer would he have lived? How about Whitney Houston? Said she didn't want a church guy, wanted a real man. How much longer would she have lived? Yeah, but you know, you can't have all that money and fame and success and fortune, you know, singing for the Lord. Well, I'd rather sing for the Lord 80 years than sing for the devil 35 years. God bestows gifts on men. We know this from the book of Ephesians. What, what are you doing with what God gave you? Matthew 25, 15, to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. The, the bad news is it's according to your ability. The good news is you can increase your ability. Some of us are given more gifts, talents, and abilities than others. There's no point complaining about it. There's no point wishing you had someone else's gift. The culture may say otherwise, but God does not give us all the same gifts, talents, and abilities. And God does not entrust to us all with the same level or amount of gifts, talents, abilities, resources, or money. This is crazy. I can't believe I've come to this place in my life, but I've been thanking God this week. He didn't bless me too much. It's crazy. I never thought I would do that. But I mean, another one, another minister with a $100 million a year income, gone, gone, out, finished, kaput. So, you know, you just keep me here in this $20 million a year level and, and then, you know, bump it 20, 30% a year. And I, I think I can handle it. But don't be giving me no $100 million too fast. Isn't that weird? You never heard you, you never thought you'd hear me talk like that. But I see that you bless a man too quick, too soon, too much. They wreck themselves. I don't want to wreck myself. See, you have to be faithful where you are. A lot of you say, well. When God takes me to the $100,000 a year level, I'll be faithful. No, you won't. Because money doesn't change character. If anything, money hurts character. Money doesn't accentuate character. So he distributed these gifts. God gives us gifts, talents, and resources according to our ability, so there's no point complaining about it. If you want more, you have to increase your ability. That's, that'll be next Sunday. But I have good news. Well, here it is right here. We did get to it. You can grow your ability. You can improve your ability. You can double what God entrusts to you with, through hard work. You can outperform people who have more gifts, talents, and abilities. I've done it my whole life. I've done it my whole life. People that were... You know, I'm so old, I remember when Alec Baldwin was better looking than me. But, but, you know, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't, you know, go with girls who do. And look, man, look, 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 look. 
I look like the movie star compared to these people. Sue looks like a movie star compared to these people. You know, I'm old enough to remember when movie stars were good looking people. But, you know, you turn this stuff on now, you think, oh, my God, what happened? A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know, you'll never get a Super Bowl ring. You'll never win an Oscar. You, you know, you'll never be invited to the White House. Blah, 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 blah. But a million years from this morning, I will be exalted. I will be held in high esteem. I will walk the, cities, the streets of the city of God. Hallelujah. See, do you have a short-term perspective or do you have a long-term perspective? Better to be honored there for a million years than to be honored here and burn up. So what does it take? Hard work, stewardship, reading, learning, growing, self-evaluation. Look at verses 16 to 18. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So the one with the two talents gained two more, but the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So the man with five talents doubled what God entrusted him with. The man with two talents also doubled God's investment in him. So what does Jesus tell them? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So what does God call Good and faithful, the man who does something, the man who gives God a return on his investment, who does God put in charge of many things, the man who is a good steward, who shares in God's happiness, the man who is faithful and produces a return on God's investment. But what does the man with one talent do? Verse 18, but the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So what did the man with one talent do? He took God's gift, God's talent, God's ability, dug a hole, threw it in the ground, and then went on his way living a selfish life. What did the master with one talent, what did the man with one talent do? He hid his master's money. It wasn't his money. It wasn't his gift. It wasn't his ability. It belonged to somebody else. It was the master's, and he took it, and he hid it. What did the man with one talent do? Nothing. What did the man with one talent do? Nothing. What did the man with one talent do? Nothing. You know why the whole Metroplex isn't here this morning? Because we're not teaching nothing. I know how to get a bigger crowd. I'm a smart guy. Tell your, tell your neighbor, pastor's a smart guy. You know, if I dress like Don Johnson in Miami Vice and, uh, and I told everybody whoring was okay and drinking was okay and marijuana was okay and uh, and. Uh, if you do nothing, God will bless you just like if you do something. And if you give nothing, God will bless you just like if you tithe. And, and then we'd have a bigger crowd. I'm a smart guy. I understand that. But God didn't call me to run the chicken ranch. He called me to run the church of the living God. 
Do you understand? I know my business. And we don't have one-tenth the troubles of a lot of these places. So what did the man with one talent do? Nothing. He did nothing with his life. He had nothing to show for his life. He produced nothing. He accomplished nothing. He gave his master zero return on his investment. And this servant who did nothing and accomplished nothing is exactly the one that was critical. He badmouthed his master. It's always people who are critical of others who accomplish the least in life. I have encountered these folks all 49 years of my ministry. Instead of taking what God gave them and growing it and multiplying it and sowing it, they take what God gave them and they hide it. They hide God's money like Achan did. It's God's money. Lift both hands up. Say, Father God, everything I have came from your hand. And then they spend every day of their lives going from church to church to church confessing their fear. Hear me now, confessing their fear, confessing their inferiority, confessing the opposite of what God said. I mean, they, they spend their whole lives doing it. I can't tithe, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I can't tithe, I can't tithe, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I can't tithe, I can't tithe, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I can't tithe. And they spend their entire lives confessing their inferiority. Confessing their lack, confessing their inability, confessing what they cannot do. And that's why, you know, the whole Metroplex isn't here this morning because I'm saying I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The Lord, my God's meeting all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm being made rich in every way so that I can be generous on every occasion. You know, and we talk about prayer, and we talk about living right. We talk about doing right. We talk about loving your husband, and we talk about loving your wife, and we talk about loving your children. But people don't want to do a thing. They don't want to do a thing. They don't want to do a thing. The laptop class is in convolutions because... They're talking about going back to work now. I've been working two years, all these two years, showing up. Y'all have been working these last two years. You know, we wonder, what in the heck are they talking about? You know, they're going through the heebie-jeebies about going back to work. Going back to work? Maybe that's why we prospered these last two years. Maybe that's why we pulled ahead these last two years. Maybe that's how come we did so great these last two years. Amen. 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 Father, I give you the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything here. I give you the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything Sue and I have done. And I, I gladly, I willingly, I cheerfully acknowledge everything I have came from your hand. Not only that, not only that, not only that, from the dust I came, and if the Lord tarries, to the dust I shall return. So the only thing that matters is what I have done with what you gave me in the meantime. You ever been with somebody when they died? You ever been there? You ever, have you ever watched somebody breathe their last breath?
They don't take anything with them. You ever been there when a baby's been born? They don't come into the world with anything in their hands. Their hands are empty. You ever been there when somebody died? Their hands are empty. We come from the dust, and if the Lord tarries to the dust, we shall return. So the only thing that matters is what do you do in the meantime? How do you treat people in the meantime? What do you do for God in the meantime? What do you do for the kingdom of God in the meantime? How do you live your life in the meantime? Is it just me, 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 me? Or is it a life lived for God and a life lived for others? I feel like I discovered the secret of the universe and I'm trying to talk people into it. I, I feel like I discovered it. I discovered it. It's been there the whole time. It's been there the whole time. It's been there the whole time. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's been there the whole time, but it's so simple. You know, our minds, our natural minds, our, our, our carnal minds say, well, it can't be that simple. It's been there the whole time, been there the whole time. The other day I was praying and the Lord told me specifically, specifically, he said to me, he said, because I was listening to Crazy Faith by Sue Lingerfelt in the car, and she says, my husband says that God will give you anything you can believe him for. So I've been listening to that in the car, then I'm outside walking and praying, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'll give you a plane if you want one. I said, thank you, but I, I don't want the extra employees, and I don't want the insurance, and you know, I don't want the, I don't want the maintenance. I said, I got enough stuff to think about. But, but he said, I'll, I'll do that for you if you want. See, that's the one I'm serving, but here's the point. I discovered the secret of the universe, and I'm trying to talk people into it. If you'll just give him what he says belongs to him, and if you'll honor him, and if you'll give him the credit, the glory, and the honor along the way, he'll give you anything you want. Because, see, it's by, it's by giving him what he says is his, and it's by giving him the credit, the glory, and the honor along the way that he can trust you. Amen. And as he trusts you, as he comes to trust you, then he can entrust you. See, people want God, and this is good stuff. <laughs> people want God to trust them. He, people, let me say it this way. People want God to entrust them with this world's riches, but he cannot entrust them with this world's riches until he can trust them. So everything I have, he has entrusted to me. It's not mine. It's not, I'm just passing through. And let me tell you what. You have no idea how blessed you are. You have no idea how blessed you are because I have power with God. And, and the other day, I was saying to him, I don't feel at home here anymore. I, I don't belong here anymore. And I knew that I knew that I knew. I have power with God. I can cross over at will. But I have more to do. I have more to do, but I'm telling you what. We're going to get into this in about three or four weeks. If you feel comfortable here, you're not saved. 
because this world is dark and it's getting darker. It's getting darker, not by the day. It's getting darker by the hour. They have lost their minds. They, they, have, they, are, they have gone crazy with sin. And so of all people anywhere on planet Earth today, you good folks here at 9 o'clock at Faith Christian Center in Arlington, Texas should know this. We are passing through. We do not belong here. This is a season, and in this season, we must work while it's day because night is coming when no man can work. So what you're going to give, you give today. What you're going to do, you do today. What you're going to do for your family, you do today. What you're going to do for God, you do for, you do for God today. So you live in the light of eternity because whether you believe it or not, eternity is just around the corner. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you've never, you've never given your life to God. See, that's where it all begins. That's where faith begins. Faith doesn't begin by getting healed. Faith doesn't begin by being blessed financially. Faith begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. He said, behold, I, in Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So he did his work 2,000 years ago. Now, to seal the deal, it's incumbent upon you to take action. How do we do that? Well, the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord, then we shall be saved. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's whosoever. So don't sit here and say, yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. Well, trust me, I pastor a lot of people and I know people that have done worse than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You wouldn't know them. They're well behaved now, but I, I've got, I've got, uh, uh, we got a lot of people that have been in prison. You wouldn't know it because they don't act like that now. See, they got saved. So it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've come from or what you've been into. The only thing that matters is, literally, listen, the only thing that matters is what are you going to do with Jesus? And he'll change you. He'll make you new. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually, but you'd like to do so this morning, you want to be included in this prayer, lift a hand up wherever you are. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. If that's you, wherever you are this morning, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. You may be here this morning and you're away from God. Maybe this Message has arrested you. You're away from God. Maybe, maybe you woke up in the middle of the message and thought, oh my gosh, I'm the one talent guy and I've been complaining. Well, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So not only will he forgive us, but he'll, he'll cleanse us. He'll restore unto us or write a new spirit, as David said. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden, but I don't want to live a backslidden life, not another day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. And for this, I give you my praise. And everyone in agreement said amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, you walk by faith, not by sight.